0: We have the 11-4 Kansas City Chiefs currently in possession of the number one overall seed in the AFC, taking on the 9-6 Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Chiefs are going into this game as a 5.5-point favorite. This game is going to be played on CBS with a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Now, both of these two teams dominated last week. The Bengals dominated the Ravens 41-21, to 21, and the Chiefs beat the Steelers so bad that CBS took it upon themselves, ladies and gentlemen, to change the game to a more competitive matchup. Like, I'm a Steelers fan. And I was really upset when I came back from the bathroom and I saw the Raiders and the Broncos being played on television. I was like, okay, where's the Steelers game?" Well, it turns out Kansas City was beating the Steelers to a point that CBS took it upon themselves for our amusement to put on a more competitive football game. Now, Kansas City is either the best team in the NFL, in your opinion, or the second best team in the NFL behind the Green Bay Packers. It depends on how you feel and who you ask. But right now, the Chiefs are on a eight-game winning streak, and they're trying to hold on to that number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs. Then you got Cincinnati. Cincinnati can clinch... Their playoffs birth with a win in this game. And not only can they clinch their spot in the playoffs with a win in this game, but they also can win the AFC North if they beat Kansas City as well or if the Ravens lose to the L.A. Rams and the Steelers tie with the Cleveland Browns. Travis Kelsey didn't play last week against Pittsburgh. He is expected to return for this game. This is a really exciting matchup. Because when you look at Cincinnati all year, Cincinnati has been really good on the defense side of the football, in my opinion. Now, you can go and you can look at the stats, and I know the numbers may not back up that claim, but... If you watch a Bengals game from start to finish their defense is really solid especially when you look at their pass rush their pass rush is really good their linebackers have played really well this year now their corners are probably the weak spot of their defense we know how good their safety tandem is with Jesse Bates and Von Bell so I think that this is going to be a really good matchup I feel like Cincinnati matches up very well with the Kansas City Chiefs on paper now Everybody's going to talk about how phenomenal Kansas City's defense has been during their eight-game win streak, and it has been pretty good, but... I feel like a lot of people are forgetting a couple of weeks ago the Chargers offense was moving the ball up and down the field at will against that Chiefs defense. So I'm not expecting Kansas City to come into this game and just have like a defensive onslaught when they shut down the Cincinnati Bengals offense because the Bengals have one of the most talented offenses in the NFL. You got Joe Burrow. Playing on a Pro Bowl caliber level, a lot of people consider him to be a Pro Bowl snub. You got T. Higgins, who went off last week against Baltimore. You got Jamar Chase. You got Tyler Boyd. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. And the offensive line has improved a little bit. Now, the offensive line still needs a lot of improvement in the offseason. But their offensive line definitely has played a lot better than what it has over the last two, three seasons. You look at Kansas City offensively. We know what the Chiefs like to do. They want to spread you out. They want to get a lot of big chunk plays. For Cincinnati defensively, how are you going to try to limit those big passing plays? Well, I don't think that the Bengals cornerbacks are necessarily going to be able to hold up. So the pass rush has to get home if you are a Bengals fan. If the pass rush can't hit home and get pressure on Patrick Mahomes consistently, then I think that this Bengals defense is going to be in for a very, very long afternoon and the Chiefs offensive line is not only one of the most talented but it also is allowing the least amount of sacks in the NFL they're top five in the NFL and align the least amount of sacks so the Bengals pass rush has been really good all year I'm interested in seeing how that pass rush affects Patrick Mahomes in this game can Cincinnati find a way to get the Chiefs offense off the field because they have the number one third down offense they convert on third downs 51.67 percent of the time and it's really difficult to get Kansas City off the field because you got to think about Patrick Mahomes his ability to create his ability to get outside the pocket extend plays and also pick up yardage with his feet so how are you going to try to neutralize the Patrick Mahomes escapability factor it's not the way you're going to be able to slow it down or contain it but you have to limit how many big plays he's able to generate with his ability to extend those plays so you gotta force Patrick Mahomes to find another way instead of allowing him to get outside the pocket and create because that's when he's at his best on top of that I feel like a big matchup in this game offensively for Cincinnati is going to be their wide receivers against the cornerbacks of Kansas City now I alluded earlier talking about how I feel like the cornerbacks probably are the weakest link of the Bengals defense well same thing can be said when it comes to the defense of Kansas City led by defensive coordinator Steve Specnola you look at what Joe Burrow did aka Joe Cool how he performed against Baltimore last week he threw for over 4 500 yards he torched that Ravens secondary I wouldn't be surprised if we see another performance Maybe not on the level of throwing for over 500 yards, but I definitely expect Joe Burrow to have a great afternoon against the Chiefs secondary because their corners haven't really been all that great. They have been hit and miss at times when it comes to the cornerback position. And you look at Cincinnati, essentially, they probably have the best wide receiving core in the league. So for Kansas City, what is going to be their game plan? We know you're going to have to be able to get pressure on Joe Burrow. But at the same time, this is a balanced offense because remember, Joe Mixon is having the best season of his NFL career he's having a Pro Bowl caliber season he was elected into the Pro Bowl so this is a balanced offense if you're Kansas City you gotta find you you gotta get pressure on Joe Burrow also now the same thing can be said for Patrick Mahomes but also you look at Joe Burrow he is really tough like he was sitting in that pocket all day long take a big shot and still deliver a dime downfield and Cincinnati's offense is is really methodical it's you know it's it's really rhythmatic so the chiefs have to find a way to get joe burrow off rhythm with those wide receivers mess up the chemistry mess up the timing maybe you have to time up your blitzes you have to find a way to get these wide receivers and joe burrow off the rhythm because this is an offense that once it gets going it's really hard to stop so this game is probably going to end up being a shootout it's probably going to go into shootout territory one thing that definitely concerns me is that cincinnati has had a tendency at times, to come into games really sloppy. They start the first half off not really great, getting off to a slow start, and then they'll end up playing catch up from behind in the second half. You cannot afford to do that against Kansas City. Whichever offense starts rolling and the defense ends up getting put in a vulnerable position, that's going to be the team that ends up winning this game. Now, Zach Taylor... And his presser said that this is probably the biggest game that the Bengals have played in not only this season, but in a very long time. There is a lot of things at stake for Cincinnati because if Cincinnati can win this game, they win the AFC North for the first time in a while. And on top of that, they make a trip to the postseason. And that's going to be really difficult to do because Kansas City is trying to hold on to dear life with that number one seed because the Tennessee Titans are creeping up right behind them. So the team I'm going to take to win this game. I am going to take the Cincinnati Bengals with the upset. The reason why I'm going to take Cincinnati to pull off the upset is because you look at the Chiefs defense and how they performed against the Los Angeles Chargers. If the Los Angeles Chargers were able to convert on more of their fourth down attempts, they most likely would have won that game. The Chargers left a lot of points on the board. I look at. The Cincinnati Bengals offense. And I look at the fact that Kansas City's pass rush hasn't really been all that great this year. It hasn't been bad, but it definitely needs a lot of improvement. It probably has been in the middle of the pack. And I don't really feel like they're going to be able to get enough pressure to affect Joe Burrow. And I feel like those wide receivers for Cincinnati are going to be in for a big afternoon. On top of that, Kansas City's offense has been really good, but at the same time, you look at Cincinnati defensively, they've been pretty solid all year. You probably could make the argument and say that this is probably one of the better defenses that Kansas City has faced outside of playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you're going to say, well, JT, Kansas City dominated the Steelers and they have a very great defense. Yes, they do. But the difference is that the Steelers defense was on the field way more placed than what they wanted to be because the offense wasn't able to sustain drives. Meanwhile, you have Cincinnati, a team that is able to move the ball effectively is able to keep their defense off the field and make sure that their defense is well rested I feel like Cincinnati is going to pull off the upset they're going to win the AFC North this game and they're going to clinch their spot in the playoffs I'm taking Cincinnati with the upset 34 to 31 is going to be my final score prediction in this game Next up, we have the 8-7 Miami Dolphins taking on the 10-5 Tennessee Titans. This game is going to be played on CBS this Sunday with a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. The Titans are a three-point favorite going into this game. The Dolphins defeated the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football 20-3. Meanwhile, Tennessee was able to pull off the victory against the 49ers. The Dolphins entered this game as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're currently riding on a seven-game win streak. Now, this is the best team that the Miami Dolphins probably have faced during their seven-game win streak because the only two teams that the Dolphins have beaten that have had a record of at least 500 or above during their eight-game win streak has been the Baltimore Ravens. And the New Orleans Saints, who they recently beat this past Monday night. But New Orleans isn't above 500 anymore. But those are probably the two best teams they have faced. So they're facing a legitimate team that is going to be in the playoffs. And a team in Tennessee that their offense has kind of been in a rough place over the last month or so. Now, I understand that they're having a lot of injuries to their offensive line. You have guys in COVID protocol. So the offensive line has kind of been a revolving door there on top of that your wide receiver position is pretty banked up AJ Brown recently made his return after missing a couple of games we don't know the status of Julio Jones going into this matchup so I'm really intrigued in seeing how Tennessee's offense performs against the Miami Dolphins defense that has been phenomenal over this eight game stretch when you look at Miami's defense they throw a lot of things at you you don't really know what's going to happen because they tend to run this zero blitz and the way they disguise it is really fantastic, okay? Because they'll put a lot of guys in the line. And you have to identify who's dropping back, who's not dropping back, who's coming after you, who's not coming after you. They give you a lot of crazy looks at the line of scrimmage. They pretty much show blitz, and it's up to the quarterback, whoever is the signal caller center, to figure out if they're going to end up sending everybody or if they're going to end up dropping back on top of that they have really good corners they have one of the best cornerback tandems in the nfl and the titans offense struggled last week against san francisco which i alluded to earlier their offense has kind of been struggling all year the run game wasn't really able to get going and the only thing that really kept tennessee in the game was the fact that they were able to force a couple of key turnovers from jimmy garoppolo which ended up giving the ball back to their offense and helping Them put some more points on the board. So you look at Tennessee's offense, they're definitely going to get tested against a really good Miami Dolphins defense. On top of that, Tennessee's defense has also been really good, especially inside of the red zone. And you look at Miami, this is a team that is one-dimensional. They cannot run the football at all. You look at that one-off performance that Duke Johnson had um not too long ago. He wasn't able to replicate that Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. So If you're a Dolphins fan, you probably shouldn't be expecting much when it comes to the run game, especially when you look at the fact that Tennessee has a very solid run defense. So it's going to be really difficult for this Dolphins offense to really move the ball, in my opinion, because you look at Tua, yes, he has been accurate, but he still hasn't really been that quarterback that you're looking for when you use a first-round pick on him. Now I'm not saying Tua is bad, or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that if Miami is going to win this game, it's going to take a Herculean effort out of Tua Tagovailoa. Now you look at Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has been the best wide receiver on this Dolphins team. You probably could make the argument for why Jalen Waddle should be an Offensive Rookie of the Year discussion because he's been phenomenal. As a matter of fact, he pretty much caught nearly every single pass that was thrown to him against the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. Ten receptions. For 92 receiving yards and a touchdown. Going to be really interesting to see how Tennessee is going to gain, plan to slow down that Tua-Jalen Waddle connection. On top of that, the Titans have a phenomenal red zone defense. They're eighth in the NFL and the red zone defense. They allow teams to score touchdowns in the red zone 51.79% of the times. So but the Dolphins, they have the fourth best red zone defense. They only allow teams to score touchdowns 50% of the time, which isn't really that big of a drop-off if we're talking about statistics only like a percentage off so these are two phenomenal red zone defense so it's going to be interesting to see in whichever team gets in the red zone who's going to be able to capitalize who's going to be able to come away with six points and who's going to end up having to settle for field goals it's going to be really big in a game like this on top of that you look at the Miami Dolphins, they have a very good run defense. They're seventh in the NFL in rushing yards per game allowed. So you're going to look at a game that may be and probably will come down to whichever team is able to get better quarterback play. Now, Ryan Tennehill, I feel for the most part, has played pretty well. He's been asked to do a lot this year when you look at the absence of Derrick Henry being out. You look at the fact that Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have both missed a significant amount of games due to injury. And a lot of people have been quick to ride off Ryan Tannehill saying, should Tennessee look at a different quarterback or whatnot? Still think that Ryan Tannehill is a pretty solid quarterback. Definitely a top 12 quarterback in my opinion. It's just the fact that he's been a a couple of star players. Meanwhile, you look at Tua Tagovailoa right now, this Dolphins team is probably nearing as You know, the wide receiving core is probably as healthy as it's going to be. Now, you are going to have Devontae Parker on the outside. I'm interested in seeing if they're going to try to get him a little bit more involved in this game. On top of that, you have a very good collection of tight ends. You got Kusecki. And for Tennessee, you look at the matchup up front. You look at Tennessee's defensive line versus the offensive line of Miami, and you're also gonna look at the offensive line of Tennessee versus the defensive line of Miami. Like, that's gonna be really impressive. It's gonna be really interesting because both of these two teams' offensive line has kind of been a little bit banged up Tennessee already has been a revolving door there. The Miami Dolphins' offensive line isn't really down bad to the point like Tennessee is. But you know, their offensive line has also had their inconsistencies at times. So, which quarterback is going to be able to make the big throws when it matters the most is what this game is going to come down to. So, the team that I'm going to take to win this game, I am going to roll with the Tennessee Titans. I was really close to picking the Miami Dolphins, but I just look at Miami, and I don't feel like Tua will be good enough to carry the Dolphins' offense to a win against Tennessee because Tennessee, we've known what Tennessee has done this year. Tennessee has won a bunch of big games. Meanwhile, you look at the Dolphins, yes, they are on an eight-game win streak, but they haven't really faced a lot of great competition during that span. They beat Baltimore earlier. And they beat New Orleans, but after that, you know, their level of competition hasn't really been not that tough. So they're facing a team that already is pretty much a lock-in for the playoffs. And this is going to be one of their first true tests to keep their playoff hopes alive. And I don't really feel like Miami's going to be able to get the job. I feel like Tennessee's defense is going to be able to hold Miami down enough to the point that it should give Tennessee's offense a little bit more lead rate. I know it's going to take a while. I'm not expecting this to be a high-scoring game. As a matter of fact, I expect this to be a low-scoring affair. So whichever team is able to hit that 20-point threshold first is probably going to be the team who ends up winning this game. I'm probably going to roll with Tennessee because I feel like Tennessee's defense is going to be able to get enough key stops. They may be able to force a turnover or two to get the ball back to their offense and help their offense out. That's why I have to roll with Tennessee. I know the Dolphins' defense is really good the Dolphins defense matches up very well against the Tennessee Titans but overall this game is going to come down to whichever team is able to get the better quarterback play and I think that Ryan Tannehill is most likely going to end up outplaying to attack Valor when this game comes down to the critical moments down the stretch in the fourth quarter so give me the Tennessee Titans 20 to 10 is my final score prediction for this game Next matchup, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 8-7, taking on the 9-6 Indianapolis Colts. This game is going to kick off 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Indianapolis is a six-point favorite going into this game. Now, first of all, before I get into the analysis and my preview of this game, I want to say R.I.P. Coach John Madden. He recently passed away. Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest broadcasters ever, R.I.P., Condolences to his family, friends, and Raider Nation, and everybody that loved John Madden. R.I.P. Rest in Paradise, John Madden. Las Vegas somehow has found the way to keep their season alive. And it's crazy because a couple of weeks ago, after they lost to Washington... I thought that was going to be it for the Raiders because every season over the last two years, it feels like the Raiders start the season not really high and then they end up finishing the season really low. And you look at all of the turmoil that has went on with the Raiders this year. I am really surprised that they still are in contention of making the playoffs. Now they do need a little bit of help, but if they're able to win this game, you become really close to ending up squaring off with the chargers next week. And that chargers matchup next week could end up being winner go home. Winner wins, gets in the playoffs, loser ends up going into the offseason with no postseason. So this is a really big game for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm impressed at the fact that they're still able to be in the contention at the yard like this is a resilient Raiders team and I haven't really said that about the Las Vegas Raiders in some time but this team is really resilient like they fight hard and I'm really impressed of how they performed as of late now you look at Indianapolis which is one of the hottest teams in the NFL you got running back Jonathan Taylor who probably is second in the MVP conversation right now behind Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers he he has been stellar all year, and they're probably gonna lean on him even more in this game because Carson Wentz, we don't really know the status of him going into this matchup. He was recently put on the COVID-19/slash injury reserve list. Now we don't know if he tested positive for COVID or if he was in close contact with somebody who did test positive. So if you're a Colts fan, you're probably gonna ask, okay. If Carson Wentz doesn't play in this game, JT, what is going to be the game plan and the strategy for Indianapolis and Frank Wright offensively? Well, I don't really think much... Nothing really changes all that much because regardless if Carson Wentz plays or not, you're still going to run the ball the majority of the time. So you're still going to give Jonathan Taylor a heavy workload. He's probably going to have around 27 to probably 33 touches in this game. And then you look at Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger, we haven't really seen him much in the regular season. We did see a good amount of him in the preseason. He's a really good athlete. He's really big. He has great size. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Frank Wright call up a couple of design quarterback runs, maybe a quarterback power, quarterback draw up the middle, probably run some read option concepts in there. So you're going to see a lot of Sam Allinger using his mobility. He's not really that great of a passer. He doesn't have great accuracy downfield and he doesn't really have the strongest arm neither. So if you're the Raiders, you're probably going to say, okay, should we stack the box? Should we not stack the box? Like it doesn't really matter because I know a lot of Raiders fans is going to say all we got to do is stack the box and we're going to win this game that's not going to be true because if that's the case you don't know many teams i've been trying to stack the box against the indianapolis colts all year trying to slow down jonathan taylor and hasn't worked so i don't want to see no colt i don't want to see no raiders fans telling me that oh we're going to shut down jonathan taylor and the colts run game because all we're going to do is stack the box every team has done it all season and it hasn't worked yet I'm just saying I doubt you're going to be the team to do it. On top of that, the Raiders defense has been 19th in the league in rushing yards per game a lot, which isn't bad. You know, they're in the middle of the pack, but I'm not expecting the Raiders defense to come out here and completely neutralize the rushing attack of Indianapolis. However, you can make things difficult for Indianapolis by putting them in more obvious passing situations because one thing about Indianapolis and why they're so effective offensively is because when you have a team that likes to run the football, the majority of the times they're winning on first and second down and when it comes to third down they're in third and short situations they never find themselves in any situations longer than third and five which still gives them the ability to either run the football or pass so the defense doesn't really know what's coming for the Raiders you have to make sure that you're able to win on first down and you have to be able to make sure that you put the Colts in a situation where they have to throw the football to beat you on third down another way for the Raiders to slow down this rushing. time attack of Indianapolis is if they're able to get out to a big lead early. If Indianapolis finds themselves down, let's say, 28-3 to three at halftime, then that's going to make Indianapolis have to throw the football more to get back into the game, and they're going to have to rely on Sam Ellinger more. So for the Raiders, defensively, your game plan has to be trying to find a way to force Indianapolis to get Sam Ellinger to throw the football. On top of that, once you get Sam Ellinger throwing the football, then you can start throwing out a lot of exotic looks, trying to confuse him similar to what the Miami Dolphins did this past Monday night on against the Saints with quarterback Ian Book, who was a rookie out of Notre Dame. They threw a lot of looks at him. He had a hard time pre-snap trying to figure out what was coming. So if you're able to put Indianapolis in a situation where they have to heavily rely on Sam Ellinger to beat you through the air, then... That's going to be an added bonus for you. Another thing is probably you want to try this double team Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman has been the most reliable option in the passing game. Now, if Carson Wentz plays, then it probably won't matter. But I feel like with Sam Ellinger, the safety blanket is going to be Michael Pittman. He's probably going to look to target him a lot in this game. So if you're able to take Michael Pittman out of this game and you force the Colts to have to find other weapons in the passing game, I definitely feel like that's going be an added bonus now for the Raiders offensively their offense has not been good as a matter of fact they haven't scored more than 20 points in a game since they defeated the Dallas Cowboys a couple of weeks ago in November so a lot of their games have came down to playing great defense And being in one possession games. Now, Josh Jacobs had his best game of the season against the Devil Broncos last week. He had 27 carries for 127 rushing yards, 4.8 yards per attempt. And I've been saying this all season with the Las Vegas Raiders. Run the football with Josh Jacobs. There is no reason why Josh Jacobs should be getting anything less than 20 touches. As a matter of fact, the last time Josh Jacobs had 20 touches... Was against the Dallas Cowboys and their win. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand why you don't give your best player the ball. And you already know that the Raiders' offense has struggled mildly because they don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver. So if you're Indianapolis, which their defense has been one of the hottest defenses in the game over the last two months, if you're Indianapolis, you're licking your chops because if you can slow down um, Josh Jacobs, then this pretty much wraps because there's nothing really that the Raiders can do when it comes to their passing attack because their wide receivers simply aren't winning on the outside. Now, if Darren, if Darren Waller comes back in game, then that's going to help you out, but overall the Raiders offense hasn't really been put in a situation where they are built to win a lot of shootouts they have to be in close games and they like to keep the games close so if if you're Indianapolis you want to try to keep that offense off the field and keep that defense on the field because you know that the Raiders offense probably going to have a couple of drives where they're probably not going to do that much with it so every possession really matters if you are a Raiders fan because you cannot afford a wasted possession when you play a team like Indianapolis Indianapolis anytime you play a team that likes to run the football the amount of times the coach do you have to make every possession count because there's no telling when the next time you're going to get the ball say for example you're the Raiders and you get the ball on the opening kickoff and you don't really do nothing with it. And let's say, okay, you give the ball back to Indianapolis with 12 minutes left on the clock in the first quarter. You may not see the ball until, you know, two minutes left in the first quarter. So you have to make every possession count when you play a team like Indianapolis that plays hard-nosed running football. Now, in terms of the playoff implications for this game, Indianapolis currently is the fifth seed in the AFC. They're trying to stay on place with the Tennessee Titans for the AFC South. The Raiders on the other hand are on the outside looking in of the playoff hunt. They need some help. And on top of that, You need the Chargers also to not really do anything. So if you end up winning this game, you can set yourself up for a situation where you play the LA Chargers next week and it could be a win or go home situation. The team that I'm taking to win this game I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts, even if they have to start Sam Ellinger at quarterback. I feel like Frank Wright, being the play caller that he is, being one of the best offensive minds in the league, is going to find a way to scheme up an offense that's built around the strengths of Sam Ellinger. And you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, their defense hasn't really been the greatest when it comes to stop the run. Like, their defense hasn't been bad. It's been in the middle of the pack. I don't feel like they're going to be able to slow down Jonathan Taylor on top of that. Indianapolis defense has been phenomenal so if Indianapolis gets put in a game where this is this is a slugfest it's a low scoring affair and it comes down to field position and relying on great defense you feel really confident if you're a Colts fan about your defense being able to help you win this game because the Raiders offense hasn't really had a lot of success over the last month when it comes to putting points on the board which is why I'm going to take Indianapolis I like Indianapolis defense they played really well I don't think the Raiders are going to have a lot success offensively against this coach defense give me indianapolis 17 to 13 is going to be my final score prediction in this matchup the last game my game of the week we have the 10 and 5 arizona cardinals taking on the 11 and 4 dallas cowboys this game is going to be played On Fox with a 4.25 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. The Dallas Cowboys are a five and a half point favorite. Now, this is your classic hot... Versus cold. Now, both these two teams have already clinched their spots in the playoffs. But you look at Arizona right now. They're on a three-game losing streak. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Rams. Last week, they were defeated by Indianapolis 22-16. Meanwhile, you look at... The hot team right now, which is the Dallas Cowboys, they just squashed the Washington football team on Sunday night football 56 to 14 and Dallas Cowboy fans right now are feeling themselves and as you should, I don't care who you play. To put 56 points on any team in the NFL is a major accomplishment. So you look at Dallas right now. They have all the momentum right now. They're feeling themselves every time, you know, their defensive the coordinator calls a or their offensive the coordinator and Moore calls a place. It's working. It seems like they can do no wrong right now. Meanwhile, Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, they're looking at themselves in the mirror and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. And a lot of Cardinals fans have said that Arizona does have identity, which is the wrong Long time did not know what kind of football team you are at this point in the season now even though Arizona has already clinched a spot in the playoffs they are still trying to win the NFC West division they are currently one game back of the Los Angeles Rams so for Arizona what is your identity well I feel like the identity for Arizona isn't what a lot of people think a lot of people think that Arizona is this team that has to beat you by throwing the football all over the field when really it isn't like Arizona believes or not is a physical football team they're at their best when they're running the football up the middle with James Conner you also are able to have a little bit of the finesse game with Kyler Murray when you're able to get him outside but we don't really know the status of James Conner. On top of that, you're going to have some people say, well, JT, we've been struggling offensively because we don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I don't feel like the Cardinals' offense is struggling because of DeAndre Hopkins. Because if I'm not mistaken, hasn't Arizona already won a couple of games with DeAndre Hopkins being injured? Because he got injured earlier than the season. As a matter of fact, they won a game without both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And you have a lot of depth Like, I know DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the league, but let's not act like Arizona doesn't have any other great wide receivers on their roster. They may not have any wide receivers on the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins, but they definitely have a very solid rotation. You still have A.J. Green, who has been really solid at times this year. You got Christian Kirk. I don't know where the heck is Andy Isabella at. You also have Zach Ertz. Like, there are weapons on this team. There are enough weapons for Arizona to figure out a way to find ways to move the ball offence Cliff Kingsbury has to make adjustments that's the biggest thing Cliff Kingsbury always starts off the season on a very high note but in the second half he struggles and the reason for that is because a lot of teams end up watching that film and end up making adjustments they end up adjusting to you they end up adjusting to what you do so for Cliff Kingsbury he has to come up with that counterpunch. and I think that's the biggest flaw that Cliff Kingsbury has is that I don't feel like he's a great coach when it comes to making adjustments, not only after halftime, but during the critical stretch of the season, you have to be able to make adjustments. Now, I'll give it that last week's loss wasn't all long. Cliff Kingsbury, you know, their kicker left a lot of points off the field. Well, well, their kicker left a lot of points off the scoreboard. So if you're Arizona... You have to make sure that you get that run game going. Arizona is at their best when they're running the football. On top of that, their run defense has to be on point. And the majority of the games that Arizona has lost this year, it's been because they haven't really been down. The they haven't really been able to slow down the rushing attack. You look at when they lost to Carolina; Carolina went crazy on the ground. When they lost to Green Bay earlier this year, Aaron Jones had a big night against them. You look back at that Detroit Lions loss. Detroit they're what they're like practice squad running back went crazy same thing last week Jonathan Taylor had a pretty nice game so if you are Arizona your run defense has to be on point everybody keeps asking what is the identity of this team the identity of this team is being really good at being really tough and physical up front Arizona has to bring that back this team isn't the finesse team that a lot of people think that it is this is a team that's based off being physical and At the line of scrimmage. So you got to get physical with the Dallas Cowboys. Now for Dallas. Okay. Dallas defense matches up very well with Arizona. Because the key for the Dallas defense is going to be. Can you get off the field on third down against the Arizona Cardinals? And it's really difficult to get Arizona off the field on third down. Because you look at how elusive Kyler Murray is. Well you have a lot of fast linebackers who are really quick and really fast when it comes to closing in on opposing quarterbacks when it comes to getting players down outside the pocket. So you look at Michael Parsons, he pretty much has not only been the defensive rookie of the year, but he probably is also in the running for defensive player of the year. So I'm looking for him to play a major factor in trying to contain Kyler Murray in those third down situations. On top of that, you look at the cornerback's of Dallas versus the wide receivers of Arizona it's going to be a really intriguing matchup we know how aggressive Trayvon Diggs is are you going to try to make sure that you can get a couple of double moves in to see if he can buy it on one of them and see if you can get a big play downfield so when you look at the play calling of Arizona it definitely could be a lot better I'm not one to call out play calling because that's not my job description you get what I'm saying so I don't really like the critique people for their play calling but I definitely feel like Cliff Kingsbury has to find ways to take some shots downfield on this Dallas Cowboys secondary because this is a very aggressive secondary so if you get a couple of double moves in there I'm pretty sure they should at least bite on at least one or two of them downfield and that could be the big passing play or the big play that you need to open up this offense and then get that run game going so once you get that run game going you can end up getting that play action passing game going and then it can set up some double moves which you can use shot plays whatever you want to use to try to get some big plays downfield but that's something that Arizona has been lacking they haven't really had those big plays in the passing game as well now the Cowboys have the third best Defense in the NFL when it comes to getting you off the field in third down situations, they only allow opposing teams to convert on third downs 31.22% of the time. So, you look at the Arizona Cardinals' offense, it's going to come down to can you contain Kyler Murray in those third down situations? You can't allow Kyler Murray to get outside because that's when he's at his best. Also, Arizona's defense is really good. Okay, their defense is 5th in the NFL in points per game allowed, allowing 20.4. They're 8th in the NFL in yards per game allowed. They're 6th in the NFL and 3rd down defense. Like, this is a very phenomenal defense. But the reason why the Cardinals' defense hasn't really been that great over the last couple of games has been because their offense hasn't been able to sustain drives, which is really important. Because anytime your offense isn't able to sustain drives, your defense has to keep coming on for more plays. They end up getting tired. They end up getting games. So it's going to be really important for that Arizona offense to make sure that they're able to sustain drives and make sure that their defense does have to repeatedly keep coming on the field. Now, Dallas offense has been on fire. You know, like their offense is absolutely loaded. They have talent everywhere. Offensive line, wide receiver, running back Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Parlow. Like there is a lot of talent there. But I definitely feel like for Arizona, the key is going to be being effective, and being efficient on offense and defensively I don't expect Dallas to, you know, score every possession on Arizona's defense. I feel like Arizona's defense is going to ha- stand tall in this matchup. They are going to get a couple of stops in this game, so the offense is going to have to be able to put some points on the board because you can't ask your defense to carry the load for you. This Arizona Cardinals defense is criminally underrated. This is a very good group that they have. I like their secondary. I like Buda Baker. You like you look at how. Um, um, Marco Wilson has played he's had some rough moments but he also has had some good moments you got the pass rush there you got Isaiah Simmons so this Cardinals defense is definitely going to be more than capable of being able to slow down this Dallas Cowboys offense it really just comes down to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and that's going to be the next key Kyler Murray has to have a big game Kyler Murray Hasn't really been all that great over their last couple of games. As a matter of fact, in all their losses, he hasn't really been all that good. So they're going to need him to bounce back and show us the Kyler Murray that we saw at the start of this year when they started out undefeated. When everybody was saying that Kyler Murray was going to be the runaway MVP this year. So the team that I'm going to take to win this game. I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals with the upset. I feel like Arizona is going to be able to figure some things out in this game against Dallas. This could be a game that Dallas ends up coming off flat. I'm not somebody who likes to use the whole last week, you know, riding high momentum thing, but I definitely feel like Dallas could be put in a situation where this could somewhat be, you know, a letdown spot for him. You just dominated Washington, and a lot of people are kind of, you know, overlooking this Arizona Cardinals team. Now, this Arizona Cardinals team is in a similar spot that the Pittsburgh Steelers were in last year around this time. You remember Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh also started off really hot, but their last couple of games, they ended up fizzling out during the stretch. Well, during that stretch when they were fizzling out, they got a very big win against the Indianapolis Colts. I feel like the Arizona Cardinals are going to be in a similar spot that the Steelers were in last year when the Steelers got that big win against Indianapolis. When everybody didn't expect them to be Indianapolis, they were able to pull off the upset. I feel like Arizona could do a similar thing this season and be able to pull off the upset against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are riding high. They just got a dominant victory against Washington when they put up 50 points i feel like this is the perfect spot for a letdown for the dallas cowboys this defense is going to be able to keep them in the game i'm not expecting dallas offense to dominate unless arizona's offense continues to stall and they continue to not really be all that efficient when it comes to being able to move the ball down and put points up so i'm going to take arizona to win this game 31 to 27 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. You guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below. Make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and college football videos. Also, make sure that you guys check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is go to the description. The links to all the podcasts will be there, or you can go ahead and whichever podcasting service you use, go ahead and type in the JT Sports Podcast. It should pop up. Leave a five star review. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast.